0: And we're back live on your number one sports podcast, all things sports. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, joined by your host, Wade Julian. and a special guest for the evening. Big Kev shot it fresh off NBA all-star break in a week with only NHL college basketball and champions league soccer. ATS is back to give you the real in sports, but we will start in college basketball gentlemen, Rick Patino. Rips into his St. John's team. They have lost eight out of the last 10. In their most recent loss, they were up by 12 at the half against Seton Hall at home and were outscored by 18 points in the second half. He goes on to say after the game, we are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's not about losing. Even when we lose, I see unathletic plays in the film. Once the reporter asked him, would you have done your offseason differently? He replied with, we took who we could get. We had no choice. Gentlemen, I'll start with June. <laughs> Is Rick Patino right or wrong for these comments? And with five games left in the season, would you want to play for this coach? Um.
1: Yeah, I, I think... You know, I don't think it's right whenever a coach necessarily, like, rips his team in the media as much as far as he went. Because he didn't say anything as, like, disrespectful. However, he was very detailed in, you know, what he feels and, and I guess, what he thinks the problems are with this team. And uh, I think it's something that could have been... And I'm not saying this is not something that hasn't been brought up in team meetings. I'm, I'm sure it has. So, he's probably you know, over it at this point with five games left. But there's still a level of professionalism you would have liked to see Coach Patino have. He's a legendary coach. He's a guy who, you know, a lot of people in college basketball, I think in the basketball world in general, have a lot of respect for. Um, and so it's it's a bit a bit distasteful, I guess, um, to to throw your kids under the bus like that. Now, on the flip side of things, would I want to play for a coach like that? I think that, one accountability needs to be taken, right? If you are the guy on the team who doesn't hustle, who, you know, isn't tough, and he's talking about you, and there's clearly, you know, at least four or five of those guys on this team, it feels and sounds like, especially with the way that they're playing, it it seems, um, you know, you take accountability, and that's a a great coach kind of trying to either do something to make you play better or poke, you know, something to wake you up so that you might have uh, another like fire burn under you, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to play for Coach Patino. I think that hearing that would make me want to be better and a better version of myself. If you know an all-time great coach feels this way about us, however, I'm not gonna act like I wouldn't feel some type of way, feel upset, you know, and and have some some sort of feelings against that. But um. Ultimately, I think basketball is a is a sport where, you know, you got to put the effort in, you got to put the work in, and St. John has been has been struggling to do so. But everything he said tells me, like, half of this team is gone, if not, you know, 75% of this team, he's going to get them out of there, and he's going to bring in his group of guys. So, who cares? <laughs> right? Who cares if they want to play for him or not? I'm sure he doesn't want them playing for him.
0: I love what you said, accountability. And the the thing that, before I kick this over to Kev, I think if I'm not mistaken, my numbers might be a little skewed, at least eight of those players he went and got in the transfer portal. And at least, I think it's like at least three, it could be four exactly, but at least three or four came over from Iona with him. So when you say things like uh, Sean Connolly can't move laterally, that's, come on. He even referenced that it took him two months to get them to do a bounce pass. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Kev, would you want to play for Rick Patino after these comments with five games left in the season?
2: I mean, if I'm like a, a prospect and that's my only move, I'm not going to say no. But if I have other offers on the table, I'd probably look at those a little bit harder today. Just because, like, I don't mind calling out effort, calling out your team. but it, it's like it's almost personal when you start literally naming players and talking about how he can't this guy can't move laterally and he like literally saying he's he gives you all you got but he just can't move laterally like you know that's like he he's just not good enough to play at this <laughs> level like that's basically what he's saying so uh stuff like that is like okay come on now and um so yeah i don't know i i don't think personally um i would want to play for a guy who calls out his players, especially if he's saying like he gives you all he's got. Obviously, there's another level to basketball after this, whether it's, I mean, it's professionally, but whether it's in the NBA or overseas, and I'm sure some of these guys, you know, know that they can't, and that's not a possibility, but maybe they want to try and have your head coach kind of put you down like that. I think any club is going to look at you, any ball club is going to look at you and be like, okay, well, he's, he's giving it all he got, and he still can't move laterally according to his coach in the college game, in the Big East. Um, so, yeah, I I, I kind I, of didn't – I feel like that was a little bit uh, distasteful. On,
1: on I think one of the things that kind of stuck out to me too was the fact that he emphasized, like, it's definitely the kids that's got me hot. Like, the school is great. Like, I want to <laughs> be here at St. John's. Like, it's the kids that we have an issue with. So, it sounds to me, like I said before, they're going to figure this out where, you know, this guy, this guy, that guy – Y'all are gone. I'm going to do a lot of recruiting this uh this spring and summer. And by next year, hopefully we'll have a, a better group of guys a more tough, you know, group of guys. Um,
0: Motherfuckers yeah. that can move a l- laterally a little more. <laughs> efficiently. Which is also <laughs> a coach who
1: has proven he's not perfect. You know, he was part of that Louisville scandal. Um, we have seen him take some L's and. That's part of the reason why he's coaching a school like St. John's. Not to say St. John's isn't, you know, a good school. We know no, yeah, that but they're they're in a, they're a, in a dying down. conference, right? That's a step down from like a Louisville and you know one of those teams. So, but hey, man, you you got to respect who Coach Patino is in this business as well. You know, I, I think that's important because. Um, as much as we get upset at the older guys and, and, you know, the guys who have paved the way because they kind of talk out of line, I think LeBron James alluded to this when he was talking. Remember when LeBron James had his little old man rant and was like, you know, they want the chains and the cars and this, that, and the third. He's like, you know, put your head down, work hard, you know, take the disrespect from the older guys, the OGs, like, it, it's part of the game. You know what I'm saying? And that's a that, that's a bit of it too, you know, Coach... Here is he's trying to push his players to be great. And he's also, you know, a little ignorant in that. So just try to see the best of that as a 19, 18 year old, 20 year old, you know, you're, you have a bigger goal, right? Louisville or St. John's and Rick Patino isn't hopefully your end game for your career. So just take this, you know what I'm saying? Take this as a learning experience. This is something that can set you up for a better chance to maybe next time you go through this with a coach, maybe in the pros uh who who isn't of the best you you know how to handle that and it won't be such a
0: curveball you know what i mean yeah like when doc river said he should have hired him after the all-star break anyways i digress i love you said that it's not he's not at louisville anymore me and Kev kevin talking about this off air and that whole scandal but it is a step up st john's is definitely a step up from iona i know he's still he's a you know new york hometown hero Our iona is uh Upstate New York, you know, now he's in Queens, New York with St. John's. So it's definitely a step up, but at the same time, again, you're in the big East, this is a dying conference. This is a conference that teams are leaving every single year. It's tough. I think it's funny. He has a six year deal. You know, they never give the exact numbers for college coach contracts, but he has a six year deal somewhere in the ballpark of $20 million, which I put him about three and a half million, a little over 3 million every year. In the same press conference, he said, "I didn't expect to win this year." June is he going to finish all six of these the 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 last five years of his contract, or is Rick Pitino, you know, towards the end of his coaching career? This is a guy's been that's been coaching for five decades now.
1: I mean, yeah, he like I said, he said some crazy shit, bro, but <laughs> he's being realistic too. You know, Louisville. Uh, I keep saying Louisville. Forgive me. St. John's—they're also both white and red, but um, St. John's, man, they—they're not—they're not—they're not good enough to win this year. You know, I think the whole world knows that he—he's kind of saying something he didn't really need to say right there. Um, but I will say, it's going to be up to him to get the right guys in the building, right—the right kids on the team—and prove that he still can recruit for the next two to three years and put, you know, respectable basketball out. And so if he can do that, like, yeah, if he goes out this summer and gets a bunch of good recruits and puts together a very competitive team and St. John's starts making some noise next year and has a better record, doesn't go on an 8 out of 10 losing streak. Um, yeah, things can be up, but I think it's it's just about how he builds this out and and we'll have to see for the next couple years. He's definitely, you know, going to have a few years of this contract for sure. So will he finish it? It's going to depend on if they can win.
0: Yeah, and you referenced two and eight in their last 10. One of those wins came against DePaul, who is the worst team in the Big East currently, and the other team, Villanova, who is barely 500 in the conference and just over 500 overall. Let's kick it over to the pros. Fresh off an All-Star break, we saw a pretty entertaining weekend minus Sunday that we'll get to in a second. I mean... The celebrity game, I didn't watch. I had no interest. I saw the Instagram post, and I saw Kai not frustrated when he's wide open under the goal. Anuid Puerto Rico stand up is you know just doing what he does with the celebrities, just in the at the right place at the right time as far as pictures are concerned. Saturday comes around, and you know we get the skills competition, which I actually thoroughly enjoyed. The skills competition and the kind of little I, don't, I didn't actually peep the All Star break last year. So I don't know if they did these same competitions last year, if this is something new with the whole, you know, shooting separately, you know, the obstacle course obviously is the obstacle I think they started course. that like last year, the year before, so. Okay, so I actually enjoyed the whole bounce passing thing, the team kind of aspect of, you know, having a, sh- a shoot off essentially. And we see a dunk contest, which, I mean, Jacob Toppin got robbed, but, you know, we can get into that in a second. Uh, he by far had the best dunk Uh, come on June 360 under the legs dunk with both hands second attempt come on all right cool whatever I enjoyed Saturday now Sunday all-star game getting a lot of criticism once again this isn't the first time that the all-star game is in these headlines where it's just you guys aren't working hard you guys don't want to compete no one's playing defense even Three if- fouls
1: <laughs> called all game.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Dre in the group chat that took the under 360 and that shit flew over. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy. Now, being criticized, can the NBA fix this all-star game? And if so, what can they do, Kev?
2: Um, I don't think that they can. I mean, it's. I think Anthony Edwards said it. Like, guys don't want to come out and compete. And that is the, I think the biggest difference, like Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose in an all-star game, you know? And now you see guys like there was not one real defensive play yesterday. Made like everybody, it was the only steals were because guys were throwing the ball up in the air and, and guys would be there and it would be a bad pass. So they intercepted, but there was not one, like one-on-one defense. That used to be the fun part of the all-star games. I feel like you would get those one-on-one matchups. Like, even in the rookie sophomore game and you had Kyrie and Brandon Knight and they were just going back and forth. Like those were the things yeah. that I feel like you love to see. Cause you get two guys, two of the best in the all-star game and you let them go one-on-one in a, in a regular game. You're not seeing that. Like you're not seeing just a one-on-one like, and one type of aspect to it. And I feel like this is, I forget somebody said it, but this is fans want to see the best pick. Oh, Kobe actually, this is a Kobe quote. Fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. And I think that's what the all-star game should be. But we're in an era where competitiveness seems to have like gone out the window when it comes to all-star games and things that don't count in the standings. So um, I hate the idea that's been thrown around, like give home court advantage to whoever wins because like, what is Scottie Barnes really playing for at that point? Like there's Trey Young, like there's plenty of players in the Eastern Conference whose team have zero chance to make the finals, let alone barely make the playoffs. So what are those guys playing for in those situations? Um, so I hate that idea that's thrown around. So I don't really know what you could do. So I don't believe there's anything you could do outside of maybe something monetary where you're giving these players a decent amount for the winners, or maybe something where if a team is held under a certain uh, a certain threshold point-wise, uh, they make some more money. So maybe there's some way to incentivize them Monetarily, but I don't necessarily know of a way to fix
1: the All Star Game. Just to kind of, yeah, sorry. Just to piggyback on that, like I agree. I thought about the home court advantage thing, but you know, there's more guys in the All Star Game than guys that are going to be in the finals. You know, so um, it wouldn't necessarily affect those guys. However, monetarily, I think that always helps in any circumstance in any situation so you know the nba makes a shit ton of money i think a million dollars for the winners each player gets a million dollars it's it's you know these players are making max contract money but at the end of the day you know i think a million dollars goes a long way for anybody and maybe the losers get a you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar check or something like that now as much as I would think that a million dollars would move, you know, guys to want to compete. I think their bigger thing is like they think about the future going into the second half of the season, not wanting to injure anything. not want to re-aggravate anything that they have maybe right now. And um, that's kind of the mindset these days. However, you just got to look back, man, like look back 2003, Stefan Marbury versus Kobe, you know, going at it tim duncan misses a game winner like it was down to the wire the east came back down from 21 points to make it competitive and the so the answer to this question what can the nba do to improve the all-star game is is as simple as having competitive spirit like if these guys played with some pride right if these guys came in and said I want to, I, I, we, we owe it to the fans this weekend to put on a show. This is the all-star game. The fans paid what $1,500, $2,000 during this weekend to come see us in random town, Indiana, in random town, XYZ, in random town, insert random town. And, you know, I think as an NBA player, you have to have a certain level of integrity when you know going about this as as much money as you make as cool as you are to everybody as much as you don't need to do this it was just something about how guys cared and competed about the game of basketball night in and night out in the early 2000s compared to i I will relate it to the one and done era of what we've come to in college basketball where i think that guys are very much spoiled in this in this day and age as far as NBA players. The checks come easier. You know, it's easier to get to the NBA. Prospects get drafted, you know, with with way less on paper. And so because, you know, basketball is a very much upside, upside potential. What what can we see from this guy who has the size, the skills and the speed and the strength as 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 opposed to the four year starter, you know, who won two championships in college and worked his ass off and he was great coached and he fights hard every game, right? guys that are are just built like that with that Mamba mentality. And and it's funny because Jason Tatum is a guy who I'll bring his name up again later probably, who is a guy who has that mama mentality, idolizes Kobe Bryant. People say it's cringeworthy at times. Hey, if that's your idol, that's your idol. And if you want to embody that, that's great. Kobe Bryant was an all-star MVP. Kobe Bryant was an all-star winner. Like He didn't lose an all-star game barely. And he took pride in the fact that Right now I'm going up against the other best players in the world and I want to put on a show. So I think just the quick fix is having competitive spirit and integrity as an NBA player. That's the lost art of the game. And that's part of why, I mean, I could talk about it for minutes and minutes and minutes why, you know, basketball isn't my favorite thing to watch anymore because guys take nights off. And I think the NBA has an issue there, but um, obviously it's a beautiful sport when things, you know, get to to crunch time you know it's one of the best things you could watch however it's it's pretty sad that we're at this point where we're like yo well maybe if they give the winners a million dollars each they'll try like gee is
2: making 300 million
1: or y'all should just start picking players who would feel honored to be in this game and put on a show for the crowd and and go about it that way but the players wouldn't be happy with that you know either so there Where's the where's the middle ground?
0: I I think that they had an answer a couple of years back when coming into the fourth quarter, they would say, hey, first team to get to this score wins the game. I don't know why they deviated from that. I don't know why they shied away from that because I think for a while we were seeing very uncompetitive basketball in the R-Star game. And then for the maybe I think it was like two or three years when they had that scheme set up going into the fourth quarter, it got Interesting. It got fun. I remember LeBron, you know, getting off in one of those games. I, Definitely. I, yeah. I, I thought that that was great. I don't know why they shied away from that. Can they fix it to kind of piggyback off of June? I don't know if the NBA can fix it. This is a more of a player's thing. I do understand the, you know, the we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to tweak anything else. I get that. Well then don't then opt out, bro. Like if that's the case, opt out, like June was saying. Give the opportunity to someone else that's gonna be way more enthusiastic about being in the all-star game and that's gonna, you know, play harder, play some defense, first off, not let this over this 360, you know, total score go over by any means. I don't know if the NBA can fix it. I thought that they had it down packed for a little bit, they shied away from it, in my opinion. I don't think it's a corporate thing per se i think this is an individual thing this is a player thing so i don't know that the nba can police you know players individually like that to play harder kev did you have something
2: yeah even to the point of like not getting hurt like how many all-star games has there been and how many injuries have we seen like these guys we're not asking you to go 100 percent, but like Seven sixty seventy 70 percent at least they were going like 20 percent last night like they were literally like bro
1: on you know crucial possessions right like you're trying to get a stop here right the lead has gotten a little too big let's let's tighten up a little bit and you know when you start thinking about injuries 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 it's like i believe in the law of attraction i'm a firm believer in the law of attraction and so like you know have the good energy think positive man go out there and have fun shit happens at the end of the day shit happens i get it and you know if you're the number one seed right now you, we can't screw this up right I get that, but to Kev's point, man, 60%, 70%, 10%, 25% is is just... This is TNT you guys are on. Like, you guys are 8 p.m. Sunday night TNT. That's a, that's a prime fucking time slot for y'all to be looking like this, scoring 211 points on, you know, like, so... And then to go back one more point, I had... Um, hmm, I forgot. Oh, uh...
0: Nah, I forgot. If it comes up, I'll, I'll bring it All up. All good. I'll, I'll play devil's advocate a little bit Um, as far as the effort aspect of it. We've seen Drew League highlights and these guys in LA in the offseason are going crazy in the Drew League, clamping motherfuckers up. Like, no, you're not going to score on me. And there's only like maybe... 500 people in the building. It's not billions of people watching on TNT, bro.
1: Even Lifetime Fitness. You know those pickups at Lifetime Fitness at the famous gym. And so like Instagram gets the better version of the All-Star game than TNT. That just doesn't really make sense. And that's off-season work. Of course, y'all could be getting hurt here. But, you know, like y'all are looking at it as practice for the new year. It's kind of the same concept. Like, I get it. You guys are in the middle of the season. And look, the NBA season is long. And we're not going to kind of take away from the fact that it is a grueling 82 games but at the same time bro y'all are making what y'all are making you know this is something that guys used to really feel honored for and so if it was the first time and you guys are the newest people to do it and it's like why why they got us doing this this is crazy this is something as long as the nba has been around they've been doing and everybody has had a great time with it real quick i remember my point kev You mentioned like Anthony Edwards was a guy who came out and said about the effort and the lack thereof, because they're looking at it as a break. Anthony Edwards is a, one of the faces of the league at this point. So if we got one of the best players and one of the faces of the league talking like this, we got a problem. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. And, and, and he's young. He's not even, he's not 30. He's not LeBron's age. You know, he's not like a guy who needs.
1: Not even 25, bro.
2: The one thing I would say is maybe. And I don't know because I'm not an NBA player, but possibly maybe if you cut down on the required media appearances and things like that, maybe they feel a little bit more like, okay, when Sunday gets, comes around, maybe I'll play a little bit harder because I haven't had to go and make all these appearances here and there and everywhere else. So that's the one thing that I can think of that's like, okay, maybe if we cut down the required appearances at certain events you get them to play a little or want to play a little bit more, at least on a, on come Sunday. But um yeah, I mean, still at the end of the day, like we we've seen this be a competitive basketball game for years and years before the last few, when guys are scoring 196, 211 points. So um it, it's definitely, I think more of a lack of wanting to compete. Kobe said the same thing about the drew league. Like guys are going harder in a high school gym in LA during the summer than they are, for the all-star game. And this is a a showcase like this. This should showcase the top talents in the league and the fans should get at least some sort of, I give a
0: shit. Hey, I mean, when you got to go get two G leaguers to get into the dunk competition and one of the G leaguers is the defending dunk competition champion. I want to kick it back to Saturday a little bit. June, and because you, you know, gave me a little bit of a face. You really don't think Jacob should have been in there over Jalen Brown, who made some weird move after the fact when after he dunked the ball, like he got robbed, bro. Like Jacob Topping, if that was his second round dunker or whatever, or his first round dunk, imagine what the last round, if he was in the final, would have been, bro. He was setting up to do something crazy and he got robbed. And I bring this back to ask you guys, should we switch the the order of competitions on Saturday because the dunk competition used to be my favorite thing to watch when I was a little kid growing up. And now it's kind of like, eh, I know everybody can shoot threes, but motherfuckers shooting three is starting to be a little more entertaining. The motherfuckers dunking the ball at this point. I mean, you, you jumped over Kai Sanat, Blake Griffin jumped over a car, bro. He jumped over a car. You're jumping over Kai Sanat and doing some, you know, late gesture to make it seem like, yo, you wasn't really looking. Kai Sanat
2: sitting down. By the way.
0: <laughs> Should we change the order? Should we look at maybe the dunk competition going first on Saturday? Skills competition and then three-point contest. Um, June.
1: I think the skills challenge is fine where it's at. I wasn't too enthused about it. Another key is that I was out watching this, so on Saturday night, on Saturday night, excuse me, it's crazy that it's it's this obvious that the NBA has an issue because there was a UFC fight scheduled on the same night. And I understand a UFC fight main card getting, you know, like all the attention and a UFC main card getting the sound. But the prelim should not be getting the sound over like any type of all-star weekend event. That's crazy. And that so is crazy where we are in 2024. I think the skills challenge should stay. I think you do switch dunk contest and three-point contest to end the night on. It would've been great if they ended the night dunk contest, like skills, dunk, Three-point, and then Sabrina Steph. Boom. Night would have been – it would have felt like, wow, okay, great. What an event. But very underwhelming finish to see – no disrespect, but like you said, two G-leaguers. We want to see NBA stars in this dunk contest. And um, to go back to your first point, as far as Jacob Toppin being robbed or whatnot, we also know that this is – and much like Jacob Toppin should know – this is a popularity contest, right? so if you're gonna, thousand percent if you're gonna win this, and if you're gonna be the mac McClung of this it's, it's gotta be it's gotta be something really wild. and you said he say he was probably saving his best for last, not to say he shouldn't save his best for last, but I think you gotta come a little harder than that when you know you're going against the likes of a Jalen Brown and a back to and a you know defending champion so Jalen Brown, I do have to say this. Michael Jackson Glove is crazy.
0: <laughs> I, you still can't go left in my head. Pause. Like you, you still Michael you Jackson can't do Glove
1: it. Is, is crazy. Jumping. So, all right. I do want to acknowledge the fact that I think it was very nice that he acknowledged Terrence Clark. And, you know, um, it was a great moment for the NBA and the NBA family to, you know, shine light on someone who definitely lost their life too soon and could have been something in this league. I don't think it's fair that Jalen Brown... Used like an empathy, sympathy type of crowd pleaser, you know, for a weak dunk, like a very weak dunk and which he messed up on the first attempt. And he just put the judges in a position, in my opinion, of like, I mean, wh- what do you want us to do? You know what I'm saying? Well, what are we going to do? Boost fair, That's fair, crazy. That's crazy. So I think it was very unfair unfair that Jalen Brown chose to do that but also at the same time if that's where his heart was I can't I can't be mad at that you know um to then follow up with the Michael Jackson and then the Kai not Jason Tatum throwing the ball 12 feet in the air like it was just bad altogether Jaime Haquez came with the intent and a purpose I think I knew he I think he, knew he wouldn't win this competition however he paid homage to his culture. And his hometown country, or his family's hometown country, and also to a Miami Heat legend and champion in both of his dunks. And I couldn't ask for more as a Heat fan and someone who I, I like I said, I, I told you I didn't think Hakeas was going to win the event. I thought Mac McClung was going to go back to back. And I wish Mac McClung made that double clutch. You know, drop the ball, catch it. I, I wish he made that, that was fire. Time, that was hard. I just my thing is when you do a dunk twice, it don't hit the same. It really don't. And so it's. Uh, I, I have an analogy. It might not be appro- appropriate, so I'm not going to say it, but it's
0: just like that. And so I could imagine. I, I think that, that I feel you, June. I totally agree with you. Like when, and I guess what I'm trying to say is I would agree with you, you know, six, seven years ago. I think now it's watered down. I think if you now if you go if you do it three times and yeah that's different. It's like alright, bro, like you didn't even practice for this shit. Apparently. So so I think if the dunk is something where on the first try
1: and you miss that we're still looking like whoa, hold on, he was about to do that. That's okay. That okay, it's post nut clarity, bro. It's it's like <laughs> like if you hit and you still chilling and want to cuddle, it was a good dunk. But if you hit and you like. Time to go. It's like, it just, it just, what are we trying to see this guy try this dunk three times for? That dunk not even worth three attempts. That's the kind of vibe that I get from it. And so with Jacob Toppin's first kind of like through the leg,
0: it was nice. 360 through the leg, backwards, two hands.
1: I think we've seen it, bro. I think we've seen it. So come outside with something we ain't see. Be a little more creative if you're going to miss. If not, knock that shit down on the first attempt and then get a 48, get a 50, you know, like that's hard to get on a first attempt. We got to, there has to be levels to it. So you can't do the shit three times and we're like, ah, I get it. All right. All right. All right. 49. Like that's me personally. I think Jacob Toppin put out an exciting performance. I think he should have been. Yes. E in the final. I didn't think, I thought you meant he got robbed of the championship. He got robbed of being able to compete for the championship. So yeah, I get that. Um, Oh no, I think Mac McClung had the most exciting night though. And he got bounce. Like he's got actual bounce like Toppin, but Toppin's a little longer with the arms. But McClung could bounce. And, and it's exciting to see him get up there and, and put them put them uh dunks up.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoy Rebanyama uh seeing weapon kind of you know skills competition, running up and down the court, trying to be nimble, trying to be quick and shit like that. That was interesting to see. Like I said, I did appreciate the team aspects of it. Kev, you got any uh, final thoughts on the Saturday night festivities?
2: Yeah, I hated everything uh, except for the three-point contest. The <laughs> uh, Skills challenge is stupid. Go back to the individual. Go back to making like the passes harder and not monster truck size wheel holes that like anybody can pass it through. Um, I hated it. Like I hated the skill. What I hate what they've done to the skills challenge. First of all, um, like when Dwayne Wade was winning the skills challenge, when Bam Adebayo won the skills challenge, it was not this. Uh, it was even, I even liked that iteration where Bam won it because they had the two going at the same time, head to head. Yeah, it was a race, not a time, yeah. I'll take that, but like what they did to it, I, I don't know why they changed it or why they did this, but to me, it's, it's silly. Uh, three point contest is always going to be the three point contest to me. Um, even with the new, like the starry ball, it's a little, uh, you know, just a, an add on something make a little money have Starry sponsor it. Um, three points. Cool. Um, Sabrina, Steph, I loved. I wish they would have went two rounds, actually, though, and done, like, a cumulative score. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, if uh, Caitlin Clark might get a chance to uh, join them next They season.
0: have to, bro. They have to. Two on two. They got Do to. Two on two. Of, yeah, two on Slash two. Slash bros, maybe. Sabrina, Caitlin Clark. Crazy. I'm thinking,
2: like, Steph and Duncan, maybe. You know? Two best shooters in the world.
0: Uh, <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the dunk contest was terrible. Jalen Brown was the worst dunker on Saturday night, <laughs> and we had to sit there and watch two extra dunks from him. I mean, Hawkins jumped over Shaq, and they were giving him a 46, which also that's another thing. Why change the scoring from one to 10 to four? I don't even a know. Point, I mean. point eight, point nine, like
1: it's
2: so dumb. And then, like, and then you've got they. the judges don't know how to score it in the first place because they give Hawkins a 46 for jumping over Shaq. And then Jalen Brown got a forty nine for jumping over Kai Sinat sitting down. So and, and and also
1: GP Gary Payton have some respect, bro. Forty six for Jaime Hawkins, bro, jumping over you? your ex Finals teammate, check Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, and a reason that you have a ring. Put some respect, bro. Put some respect. I, I was I, very very disappointed. I even gave Gary Payton an,
2: an ovation when they announced him. So I was I was a little upset that he did not go the Dwayne Wade route and give Jaime a fifty for both. Just because, but um. But yeah, I just, Saturday was just outside of the three point contest, I was not
1: a fan of any of it.
0: Damn. I don't know. I enjoyed Saturday. I don't know. It was cool. I thought it was nah, cool. I mean,
1: I don't, I don't know if it's maybe something of like the shooting where, competition they, I thought was know, cool. This where too. we were, bro. Like the NBA, this, this used to be like, bro, All Star weekend was like, let's try not to make plans for All Star weekend because I really want to see what jason richardson's gonna do in a dunk contest what this guy nate robinson dwight howard up until aaron gordon and that was aaron gordon zach levine was the peak of the dunk contest and i I don't know that we'll see something as 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 spectacle like as that Um, and the three-point contest is cool because my fault kevin but it's shooting you know like it's it's knocking down a shot so i could appreciate that but go ahead my fault no i was
2: gonna say i think even between like there were years where it was like on a downward trend. And then you had the Aaron Gordon Levine kind of bring it back and, and give it a little bit of life. And I think we'll probably get that eventually where we get another one of those dunk contests that it's like, Oh wow. Okay. It's back. But then can you sustain that? Like, I think you needed to be back with legitimate guys who want to,
1: it's, it's goes back to the uh, competitiveness thing. Like exactly. guys- and that's the problem, this era, they're not built the same, bro. You had to do no. one year of college to make it to this league, and then four years. If you do decent, you might get a max contract. Like that's where we're at. And I'm a little. I'm dragging it a little bit, but it's 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 close to that. So,
2: well, but how, it's even, how could you expect it? It's even before you get to the NBA. Now you're getting checked. So like with NIL, like you're going to college. Rick Pitino's talking shit about these guys, and some of them might be making more money than him on NIO. Maybe
0: that's what he's mad. <laughs> so. I, I, I think I think you're I think you're dragging that one. I don't think any of those guys are making more than three million dollars a year at St. John's. But hey, they could be Queens, New York. Stand the fuck up. That's awesome. I think at this point, and shout out to ESPN Talk Radio. I think we're just setting us ourselves up for failure if we're expecting you know, these players to come out on All-Star Weekend and, and really compete on Sunday night. I, I think we have to see this for what it is. And it's it's marketing, it's big business, it's, let me put... Yeah, but,
1: E.P., there was a shift. There was a shift. The NBA didn't have this issue. It's a competitive issue. And it's a competitive issue outside of All-Star Weekend. This is why they did the load management rule. This, the NBA just has an issue. And Adam Silver don't know what to do. He can't that's why he's making new rules. Oh, well, you know what if you want to invite MVP play 65 games like they're throwing shit at us Because it's like at this point Adam Silver looking at us like what do you want me to do? These guys don't want to They don't want to play hard night in night out bro. The NBA used to be bro You will get your ass bust on this floor if you're not coming out with your whole hundred percent effort every night It's grown men. It's not a it's not a grown men's league anymore in my opinion Think it's a young era, and not to say that that's a horrible thing, but I've seen both, and I, from my opinion, it's it's I would definitely rather see the grown men competitive. You know, guys want to kill each other every night versus guys want to just shoot. Guys want to you know play ISO ball and 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 be flashy and and not try every night or every possession. Where are the Russell Westbrook's of this era?
0: A thousand percent. I told. I totally agree with you. But that was kind of like also my point a little bit. It's, it's it's a young. It's a young era. It's a young man's game at this point. If these motherfuckers don't want to play, who am I to come out and you know All Star Break Sunday night and be like these guys? They're gonna play. I swear this under better fucking cash. I'm gonna see a competitive. Well, you game. said Dre
1: put that under. I mean, are you talking about Dre, Dre? Because <laughs>
0: No, I'm just talking
1: in general because. No, I'm there's... not asking because that's a dumbass bet. I don't bet, but. <laughs> <laughs> Under on the All Star break in twenty twenty four, you you rich my boy. You just you just betting shit. <laughs> three six,
0: hey three hundred sixty points is kind of crazy. It's the highest. It is target, and two hundred eleven
1: points is crazy.
0: <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I am saying. I I can't expect these motherfuckers to come out and compete. If Did I've you see the
1: team that lost the West? KD, LeBron, Anthony Edwards, Cat, Steph, Dame. I mean not Dame.
0: Uh uh, Devin Booker, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And I, I in the past couple of years, we can't ex- after after the past couple of years, I feel like we just can't expect these motherfuckers to just out of nowhere come out and start playing like it's fucking April, you know, end of March, you know, beginning of April type shit. It's just, it's just, I feel like it's just not gonna happen. It's, it's just not gonna happen, especially like when Kev just referenced nil money is, is these motherfuckers paid before they get in the league. Now they're not even oodles and noodles on campus anymore. These motherfuckers is at STK. These ain't the struggle babies, bro. Yeah, and Brooklyn Chop House and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like That's what it is, you know? We're going to keep this in the NBA. I don't want to spend too much time on this All-Star break because it kind of came and went just like the topic. Now, at this point, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, we have to look at the All-Star break as the like June was saying, the ramp up to when we really start watching basketball and when we really start caring about the NBA and what the hell is going on in the league. And it's, I feel like this is going to be a good second half of the year. Kev, what player would you say is under the most pressure to win a championship at this point?
2: There's a couple of like different answers I want to give. Um, but well, choose the one I'm not choosing. for the record i have no idea which one that is but i will go i will go another route just because my other answer just so you know is jason tatum but i still think he's young to the point that like if he doesn't win it this year it's okay he'll be in miami and win one soon enough um but my answer is a guy who should have been in miami to start the year and i will actually talk about later a comment that he made that shows me he still wants to be in miami um, but Damian Lillard, I think is the, uh, like you forged your way out of Portland you're playing with Giannis. They fired the coach and brought in doc rivers. Like, I don't know. I just feel like Dame is a, yeah, it would be Giannis if Giannis didn't already have one. Uh, but Dame, I think right now, um, is under the most quote unquote pressure. Like if I have to give an answer on that, I would, I would say Dame just cause he's getting to the latter point of his career. He's with his, the best team that he's played with. He forced his way out of Portland to make this happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's playing with with one of the best in the game. So uh, if there's a year to make it happen, it's this year. And so I, th- I would say that would be my answer his name. Yeah,
0: I actually yeah. love that after – sorry, June. I actually love that after – especially after his comments about – you know, people diminishing players' legacies because it didn't win a ring and that he doesn't necessarily agree with it, but he said when he does win a ring, he's definitely gonna be like, Man, nigga, shit, he ain't win no ring. June, who's under the most pressure right now?
1: Kev, real quick, what was the uh, what was that comment you saw? What was that comment Damien said he wants to what you talking about? Oh, so <laughs>
2: um so they asked Damian Lillard to put a starting five together that would include Damian Lillard. And he said LeBron Steph. KD, of course. And his fifth answer was not Giannis Satentacupo. It was uh, Bam Adebayo. So I think that kind of uh, solidifies the fact that what we have been saying, me and June have been saying for a a while, is that Damian Lillard still wants to be a Miami Heat player. And I think, I I mean, at this point, I don't think it'll happen, but it still feels good to know that. Hey, that, I don't.
0: Junior, you're still on mute. If you're talking, oh,
1: I'm muted. Kevin's muted, telling me I'm muted. So oh. I'm like, you're muted. I'm th- <laughs> hey, apologize. We're both talking to each other on mute, <laughs> We're like reading each other's lips. Like, yo, you're muted. Um, I was saying it's our job as the fan to to not put the energy of negativity out there and saying it's you don't think it's going to happen. You have to believe it can happen because it surely can. Um, we also saw the Jimmy Butler situation play out and kev i didn't know you at the time uh ep i didn't know you at the time i was doing this podcast and i had uh my co-host justin shout out to jay boogie and shout out to danny for those who know the real the real me danny and justin would talk week in and week out about jimmy butler and the countdown. When is he going to come to Miami? Because he wants to be here. Pat Riley wants him here. He's Heat culture. We need him. Jimmy Butler is just makes too much sense. And then they fucking trade him to Philly, and that felt very, very harsh. Like that was Dame Lillard was worse because I mean the caliber of player is is Damian Lillard. Like we and it was the writing was on the wall. He specifically said I only want Miami. Jimmy was open to a couple of different options, and so Jimmy goes to Philly, and it's just like. Damn it, man. We missed out. But you just got to play the long game. Stay a little patient, you know? And Jimmy ends up in our lap, and we go to two finals since we haven't won. But I think Damian Lillard coming next year could help us put over, the, put us over the top. But to answer the question that was at hand, and uh, the player that I think has the most pressure, it is Jason Tatum. But it isn't just Jason Tatum. I think it's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And... Really, that's the Celtics for me. But Jalen Brown just got the biggest contract in NBA history, right? Um, Jason Tatum has been in this league and has been a poster child of this league for a very long time. He's been competing in Eastern Conference Finals for a very long time. He's competed against LeBron James. He's competed against Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. He's played Steph and Clay and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond in a Finals And he still hasn't been able to put them over the hump for whatever reason. um, I don't think it's something that you look at and say, like tarnish his legacy or anything like that. I think he's, he's right on track as a great player in his career right now. Right. And he's very young still, like Kev said, however, it feels like this Celtics team just has everything they need every year to get there. They just can't get past a certain point. And, jason tatum is known to i don't want to use a word like crumble but he's known to kind of regress as the stakes get a bit higher he doesn't play bad we're not going to put he plays bad in big games i think jason tatum has shown time in and time out he's a great player he's a clutch player he can score late he can score when it matters but there are times when the game and the moment gets very big and he kind of shrinks and so Being as though the Celtics have the record they have, right? The talent on the team that they have, the contract that Jalen Brown has, bro, y'all time is now. Because when, if not now, when? We're gonna split. Are we gonna split Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum up eventually? If they lose two more times without winning, what's it gonna give? So um, obviously, with their contract situations, they look like they'll be together for some time. However you can't tell me that they just go and lose say in the second round or the conference finals this year, or even in the finals and then do the same thing next year. And everybody's just happy. Like I'm sure there has to be some sort of change. Right. So I think that's who I think about when we're talking about pressure um, and winning
0: this year. I love both of those players. Uh, I, I can't disagree or agree with either of you because I mean, June, you know, big Duke fan, me and you big Duke fans. And I mean, Jason Tatum was, you know, was him. Like it was, it was like, this kid's going to come in and for all and purposes, he has done the majority, majority of what we thought he was going to do in the league. But he, again, it's that conversation of, can he win a ring? Will he win a ring? When will he win a ring? And sorry, it's, it's, it's so it's hard because it's like Brad Stevens.
1: Eme uh, Udoker, how, like, Stephen A. Joe oh, Mazzula. And Joe Mazzula. Like, I'm not going to give credit to Joe Mazzula as far as being a good coach. I think that he's put in a prime position, much like Jason Tatum was drafted into a great space. I mean, he felt, Celtics was like, listen, this could, nothing better could have happened this year in 2017 or 2016 when we drafted Jason Tatum at number three. And so,
2: you That's know, it's... It, it,
1: what's that? I said they played Philly. Shame on Philly is what we should be saying for not drafting Jason Tatum over Markel goddamn Fultz. Or was it Fultz that year?
2: Yeah, Philly traded up. Yeah. Fultz to get to get Fultz. And then drafted Fultz.
1: Shout out to Markel Fultz, man. I just didn't see it. That was another thing. This is very random. I didn't see it. I didn't see Fultz as a number one. He played good at Washington, but I ain't see number one, bro. I didn't. He,
2: my opinion on that is you should never be the first. Name. No, no, no. You should never be the first overall pick if you can't even get your team to the NCAA tournament. If you can't even get your team to a tournament that involves sixty-eight teams, how can I expect you to get to a, my team as the number one overall pick to a tournament that's only sixteen teams? Talk
0: that shit, kid. Talk that shit. So
2: picking a guy whose college team won nine games first overall. He's not that good of a player if he can't get his team more than nine wins in a season to be picked number one overall. So I think Markel Fultz is a great role player,
1: but to go number one overall is crazy.
0: Yeah, they Especially with, who
1: was number two? Was it Simmons and, and, and uh, Tatum? Oh, Lonzo. No, Lonzo and Tatum. <laughs> but we're here, 2024 now. That was seven years ago. Tatum's still ringless. He's been to three, he's been to four, I believe, conference finals now. One finals because you know two of those losses by the Heat, one finals, and that was his. Last, that was twenty twenty two, and Steph, you know, it was it was pretty destined for Steph that year. I'm not gonna lie, but Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I think it's it's on both of them. I think it's on both of them. The city of Boston's gonna be very disappointed this year when, not if, but when they fall short again and again. The East is is it's crazy and it's crazy to think of us being super Heat fans like. Us saying Boston's going to fall, like that's obviously giving them shit. Hey, if they make it, they make it. But I do know that it comes down to coaching in the playoffs and it comes down to big players making big plays at big moments. And they like that a bit. Milwaukee, you know what?
0: Let's just continue with this show. (laughs) Listen, a lot of storylines going on. We referenced Doc Rivers. Him seemingly not really wanting to be coaching in Milwaukee, maybe regretting the decision, even though you say he doesn't regret the decision. And you take it to the west side. You got the Clippers, you know, and they're, you know, big three, kind of, not even kind of, definitely putting it together finally and and getting the ball rolling. You got SGA showing his ass, paws essentially on the court every time he walks out onto the court. You know, you have the Luka Doncic, can he get over the hump? You know, D book KD, can they get over the hump and Bradley Bill? Um what would you, Kev, say is the biggest storyline at this point post all-star break for the rest of the season? Um,
2: I think the biggest And I'm story- sorry, Ooh, sorry man. to
0: cut you off. I'm sorry I didn't have any like heat, you know, story or like Listen, can see, many can headlines. See,
2: <laughs> what would the Lon Wright do in the second half of this? Um, no, but I think the uh, I think the biggest storyline for the second half of the season is: Are we going to have a playoffs without LeBron and Steph in the West? Um,
1: oh shit! Currently, they
2: both sit nine. And in ten.
1: his bag, bro, he would be thinking with that thinking cap for real.
2: <laughs> they they both currently sit at nine and ten, which would make make them play each other in their first playing game. So one of them would be out, and then they'd get the winner uh, or the loser. I'm sorry of dallas sacramento who are two good teams so uh the west is very good this year again and um it's gonna be tough but steph is hitting this little streak that he hits where it looks like he's almost like willing his team to wins um so we'll see uh how that works and how clay coming off the bench works like it worked great in that first game uh before the all-star break so if clay can kind of ref- Reinvent himself as a sixth-man type player who can come in and really affect the game again Golden State could be a uh, a scary team going forward, but I think that's the biggest thing is like is Are LeBron and Steph going to be able to get their teams into the playoffs this uh, this postseason?
0: June
1: so I think the for me I, I and shit. That's a great story Kev. I was not expecting to hear that I didn't think about it in that regard because who thinks of a playoff in the NBA without, you know, the two top guys, like OZ, LeBron and Steph. And so, very, very good point. And I'll be excited to watch for the rest of the season where they end up being seeded because if we do get a play in, you know, the play in will be cool. I think we got a play in versus Lakers the Warriors first, like in 2019, 2021. 20, 20, 20, 21.
2: I think that was the 20, first, it was first, it was the very first year that we had yeah. a play in and they were the seven and eight
1: yeah so it was a good game and um but wow it's crazy to think about they both made the playoffs that year though right they both ended yeah. up getting in so my thing is I think the Bucks. the Bucks are the big thing to watch here can they turn this thing around Doc Rivers and the Bucks? because since he's gotten there you know it's, it's looking like three and seven or so in the last 10 and they've blown some leads they've EP. We talked about it last week when I we talked about who we thought was going to (laughs) win, you know, in the in the Bucks Memphis game. I was totally wrong. And Memphis comes out and finds a way to upset the Bucks. And at this point, it's like, wow, it's starting to surprise me because at the end of the day, whether we want to make all the jokes we want about Coach Rivers like this is still a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dame Lillard, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis like simply put no matter who's coaching right now should be able to put together a game plan and no matter what the game plan is you guys should be skilled enough to be able to be better genuinely than the team across from you now two things I wanted to point out that I want to look towards in this storyline is that their best player, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who re-signed with them and says he wants to continue in Milwaukee. And, you know, he he had a chance to, I remember when it was like, you know, Giannis to Miami and he could have went anywhere and he wanted to stick with the grind and he finally won. So it was a great thing. But I think he's getting to the point where he's realizing, hey, I don't know what the fuck we got going on over here right now, but it's getting a little crazy. Because he did quote <laughs> saying that all of the coaching changes have been draining. And you have to imagine you fire Coach Bud, you got Coach Griffin, you fire Coach Griffin, then you go to Joe Prunny, the assistant coach for the interim. Then you find their replacement, Doc Rivers. And this is within within the last year. You know, it's a calendar, less than a calendar year. Facts. Or mind you, the relationship between a player and a coach in the NBA as a professional sport player, you know, it's a grown-ass man. You gotta just You got my respect kind of thing. You know, hey, we're going to do this. You're the new boss right now. And to have four different bosses within a year and try to maintain number one in the East or a top seed in the East and be the best and always have a target on your back. Now you got Dame Lillard and everybody's looking at you guys as a team to beat. But you guys are the team that's getting beat at this point. And so one of the things in this 10-game span is that their defense has gotten a little better throughout this time where their their uh their points per game has gone down so they're only allowing 113.6 per 100 possessions compared to 116.8 under coach griffin but their offensive production has gone down drastically from 110 uh, excuse me from 120.6 uh under griffin to now 111.9 and so i don't know if it's doc rivers not sure where he's supposed to be putting his guys if that's in the right spots or if you know Giannis and Dame need to be the leaders of this group and really take things into their hands and more so Dame Lillard in the sense that we saw what he can do with a team in Portland when he's that guy you've got all the talent around you and Shaq told him best at All-Star Weekend if you need to go yoke somebody up and talk to them and tell them this is what I need from you cut the shit listen bro you are the leader of this team and you have to do so but it's very very it's very, very interesting what the Bucks are gonna do and how they're gonna look in the first round after being first round exits. Remember, this this is a team that fired their coach because they lost in the first round to an eighth seed. And they were like, all right, well, that's not okay. But
2: and the way things stand right now, they look they're, worse. They're the well, they're also the three seed, and the sixth seed is currently Indiana, who I do not think they want to see in the playoffs because Indiana's beat them four times this year already. And granted, the playoffs thing slowed down and Indiana might not be able to run offense like that, but they have their number. They are in the Bucks' head to the point that I felt like almost Giannis was keeping the ball away from Tyrese Halliburton yesterday so that uh, Dame could win the MVP. So- Yo, no
0: cap, bro. You don't want to see Indiana, <laughs> especially after you fire Griffin when you're, you're you're not really having a bad season. They were number two in the East when they fired Griffin. It, it was like June said. It, it, it I could understand Giannis saying it's draining. Sorry to cut you off, Kevin
2: no that's that's just the only point i wanted to make is that right now as it stands you would have to go play indiana in the first round and if you go through these ups and downs that you've gone through this year after the first round exit last year losing to an eight seed and come in this year fire you, you're the two seed you fire your coach now you drop to the three seed and then you go lose to a team in the first round that beat you four times already during the regular season so essentially yeah to, this is going overseas next year fuck it somebody like there's there's going to be a lot a lot for them to deal with
1: in the offseason. I think that this Bucks team does deal with, like, mental losses. Like, they take a lot of mental losses, like, in the sense that they be in their heads. If you can, you know, figure out ways to stop certain things. Like, Giannis is in his – we've seen him be in his head, you know, during games for stretches. And I think Spo really brought that out of, like – like his frustration, you know what I mean, and build the wall, right? And there were games where Giannis couldn't be as effective as he once was, and it's like you would imagine this guy is so huge and strong, how how not pause, like how not? But sometimes, you know, it's 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 a mental game, and that would go into them playing the Pacers and the Pacers having their numbers. So that's that's an interesting thing to look
0: forward to as well. You guys have any? Closing thoughts on the state of the NBA before we uh, wrap it up with EPZPL Corner?
1: Kev?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm just, you know me, I'm excited to see what what we... I, I truly think that Sp- there's an iteration of this lineup that's spoken, fine, and put together that can get them back to the finals. And so I'm looking forward to this next... I, I, it's not even half of the season. This last part of the season, post All Star break, uh, where things are going to start to like get real, and teams are going to have to figure it out. And um, this is we are getting down to like the meat and potatoes of the season, and um, I'm, that's what I'm most excited for. Definitely,
0: I love. Excited. I love. Sorry to cut you off, June. I love how you guys feel like how I feel as a cheese fan now, where it's like eh, the season doesn't. I will I talk to you in May. I talk to you in June. You guys are in the play-in right now. And I think honestly that's scary because you put a man with his back to the wall with nothing to lose, like in the team like the Miami Heat. And I've said it before on this podcast, Jimmy Butler thrives in underdog situations. If you leave this man in the play-in and tell him to get you to the to the NBA finals, I am 85 night to 93% sure he's gonna do it. June, final thought.
1: Yeah, well, Well, final thought on the NBA. I just want to wish Duncan Robinson a happy birthday before we get back to basketball, all right? Listen, shout out to you, bro. I love watching you play basketball, man. And I will have to repeat, everybody was down and out. Everybody was trade Duncan Robinson. Everybody said five years, $90 million. is $90 million, man. $18 million a year is a waste of money on on one of the best shooters in the league. Okay, hold on. But then we find the resurgence in the 2023 playoffs. And then in the finals, Duncan Robinson is one of the best Miami Heat players. And now coming into a struggle where the Heat couldn't find an offensive fucking basket to save their life. Duncan Robinson has come alive in the last three to four games here and can't miss threes. He's like 11 or 15 in his last two games. Shout out to you. Happy birthday. And then I wanted to take it to the MLB real quick before you get into EP's EPL and um, pick something. Because this I saw this comment about a specific player and it really irked my nerves. Um, and it was Anthony Rendon. Listen, uh, Anthony Rendon, I, I believe once was a great player, once really, you know, contributed something to this league. I don't remember his recent contributions. Um, a lot of times he is on, I think the last contribution he made was like yoking up a fan in Oakland. And hey, I'm a fan
2: Nationals. of that. am Huh? Was that? National's World Series. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, but lad, you know, this past season he yoked up a fan. Oh yeah, right. you know, 2019 is—they say this. I saw a tweet. 2019 is five years ago. It's just crazy. But um, you know, he's on the DL, sixty percent of the year. He's on a—I—I want to say the number is like two hundred seventy-five million dollar contract. And comment came out from a presser he did where he said that baseball is not a top priority of his. Now that could have been spun around. It could have been a. What did he mean by that? I watched the interview and basically he's early morning at the clubhouse. They're interviewing him and they asked him if baseball was a top priority. And he said, no, baseball is not a top priority. It's never been a top priority for me. If it's not faith or family, uh, then I'm not going to put it first. And as much as I understand that sentiment as a man and you having morals and values and, you know, appreciating your faith and your family, putting that first, we're not talking about that. Right. Let's be let's be for real saying that baseball is not a top priority. First of all, to make it to the major league baseball, it had to have been a top priority for 90% of your life. You had to sacrifice parties, sacrifice family, sacrifice friends and make time to be one of the best players coming out of your state to then being one of the best players to play for your minor league team to then, or being drafted then minor league team, then, you know, making the, professional league and and, and the MLB and then being one of the better players on that team to contribute to a World Series. You did all that without it being a top priority? This cap. this cap. So, cut the shit. I get that you're tired. You're annoyed. You you don't want to answer questions every day. You feel like this is a job. But, bro, they they looked out for you after you did what you did in Washington. You came to LA. You got the money. And you've been on a DL since. So, for you to come out and have like this attitude with the reporters. And I'm not saying, you know, as a man, you, you listen, talk however you want, bro. But the lies is just crazy. And, and to me, younger kids looking at this, it's not a good example. Like where is, this is just in, in general. I don't know if it's me and my character or who I am. I feel like as a man, but like, where is y'all integrity? You know what I'm saying? I think sports is a integrity is one of the biggest parts of sports. And without it, Sports aren't as good as they can be. So in basketball, I ask that the guys have more integrity during All-Star break and all the festivities so that the fans can... Bro, Adam Silver is charging us an arm and a leg to try to make it out to whatever town it is to watch our favorite players. I don't even pay that money, so I'm not complaining for me, but I know that people are spending their hard-earned money on it. And, if, and in a sense, like baseball, like, it's, it's it's like that Ben Simmons. Like, bro, you got the contract, Hassan Whiteside got the contract, and we just see the lack of effort off-rip. You know, like, come on, guys. Let's be better. Let's be better. That's all I
0: got. Hey, I mean, this guy, Anthony Rendon, I mean, Kev referenced, you know, Nationals World Series. He hasn't cracked 60 games played as an angel since he went to L.A. in the 2020 season. It's been a decline since he got to L.A. I mean, the games played due to injuries, always on the IR. You're, what is this, 10th? year in the league 11th year in the league this coming season i'm not going to create any excuses for this guy because that is nasty work when you say it's just a job i mean this is just a job that millions of people would want to play millions of children are working out from the ages of 4 to twelve, four to 16 just to have a shot a small percentage favor of hey maybe i can make it to the big leagues maybe i don't have to leave my family you know 5000 miles away and go play in you know asia or japan or china or you know whatever i can just stay locally in the usa you know in the continental usa it's nasty work for you to just take it for granted like that and make it public that you take it for granted on the same on the same breath i do share june sentiments like as a man i get that family faith you know priorities Making sure that you have that support system around you. But at the end of the day, you sacrificed years, your life, essentially, to play these games. Especially only
1: playing 60 games a year. I mean, it seems like you got more than enough time for family.
0: (laughs) Hasn't cracked. The most games he's played since 2020 when he joined the Angels is 58 in the 2021. When you won a World
1: Series, Went to LA, signed a two hundred plus million dollar contract and haven't played more than a third of the season since. That's that's fucking crazy to come and say that, babe. Clearly, you know what? I'm I'm tripping. Maybe I'm tripping. Clearly, <laughs> baseball is not a top priority for you. But to say it has never been, cut the shit.
0: Kev, okay, you got any comments on Anthony Rendon? Uh no, not really. I mean,
2: it is what it is. He's I, I, I think he was trying to say something to make it sound better than it is. And I think
1: it was. It just sounds horrible.
2: Yeah, it it didn't come off well. And uh, so I, he I'm He was sure. also
1: very dickhead about it, Kev. It, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks.
2: <laughs> I, I did see he said it is a priority, baseball. He said it's not the priority. So I think he was trying to
1: you know it's also work. cap it's also cap i don't care how you cut it it's cap bro to make it to the mlb baseball has to be a priority now the fact all right listen if it's not a priority we got a problem and if i'm the gm of the angels you traded my boy you're cut or you're traded this huh yeah, say he, less <laughs> yeah,
2: because
1: say less bro it's not a priority come on
2: contracts are guaranteed so
1: Fair,
0: fair, but like you don't play anyway. So what are we doing? Facts. Who cares? (laughs) Oh my god! They don't Uh, have
2: that Otani money coming in anymore.
0: Yeah. Facts. Now, now, now the lights. Now the lights really on you, Mr. Rendon. (laughs) Now we don't got. We're not talking about Otani in L.A. No more. Well, at least not that side of L.A. Anyway, for that matter. We're not talking about, you know, Otani in the red and white no more. He's in the blue and white now. We're not talking about him in the red and white. You in the red and white. So are you going to play more than 60 games this season? And are you going to bat higher than, what is his high in the last, uh, all right, 286 his first year in LA is not bad. But 240 was the second best year after 286. Can you bat over 240, which, you know, one for five, 20% MLB is great. But I digress. We'll yeah, move in, on.
1: in 50 games, it's, it's not that bad. But you That's know. fair.
0: <laughs> Hey, yo, we'll kick it over to the pitch, as they call it, across the pond, as they say. A couple of updates. Listen, Bayern Munich picked up Harry Kane from Tottenham Hotspur, and now, for some odd reason, their Bundesliga championship run in my opinion listen there's still about half of the season left in my opinion is done you are in second place you'll get champs league but you're eight points behind Bayer Leverkusen and with champs league and I just I I I I just don't see Bayern Munich winning the Bundesliga focus on champs league and then we got the EPL where Aston Villa who I've been raving about have dropped to third place now right below Arsenal in Liverpool, EPL powerhouses, of course, at all times. Tottenham Hotspur, who I just referenced, is fifth. Man U getting a couple wins here and there. They need a couple more wins. They need to focus. They need to you know clamp down if they want to make a run to at least Champs League next year in the top four in the EPL. And then speaking of Champs League, we got the first leg of the second round. Well, the second round of the first leg. I should say that backwards. The second round of the first leg starting tomorrow with Inter Milan playing Atletico Madrid in Milan should be a good game PSV Eidenhoven Netherlands out of the Dutch league is at home facing another German powerhouse well the other German powerhouse by Borussia Dortmund who Erling Island came from to go to Man City great great week in Champs League and just to kind of you know move it over to Wednesday FC Porto from Portugal will take on Arsenal at home in the second, first leg. Ah, fuck it. You guys don't know what I'm saying. They're going to be there. And then Napoli, one of my favorite teams to watch, will be at home against Barcelona. And Mbappe, it's interesting because the it was confirmed that he's going to Real Madrid. And now his report's saying... The deal is still being penned. It's not official. It hasn't been signed. It, it, but players it's are inevitable. already talking. It, it's inevitable. Players are already talking about him at Real Madrid. And like I said, once he gets there, Los Blancos will be blacking out. I might just become a Real Madrid fan at that point. I'm not even gonna hold you. You know, I'm a French, French National League, you know, French national team fan. If Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, I might just convert. We are
1: know. a Mbappe household.
0: <laughs> facts. Facts, facts, facts. And shots to my boy Frenchie. Grew up in France. He he even told me. He's like, look, he, he was going to the Spanish League. He wasn't gonna go to he wasn't gonna go to England. Uh it is what it is. He's going to Spanish League. He's going to Real Madrid. Benzema left. He's in, you know. the base
1: went there, bro. We're talking about Cristiano and Messi. We're not talking about listen i don't want to put nobody's name out there but we're talking about cristiano and Messi. he wants to follow the like so
0: no cap no cap and that is my epl's ep epl's corner ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages
2: real quick i'm sorry i do have one request it's that um we should name this podcast um this this episode should be named you're not like that if that's if you could just do that.
1: You know, you know I'm with all the smoke.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Cardi in the chat, man. We love you, bro. Facts. Shout out to Cardi in the chat. Always tapping in. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, boys and girls, as we cross the hour 13, hour 14 mark, this has been your Monday night all things sports episode. NBA EPO Rick Patino spazzing. What else could you ask for?
1: Anthony Rendon not playing.
0: Anthony Rendon not playing. Otani out of that side of LA to get over to the Dodgers. Listen, we won't be here Thursday. We apologize to all the viewers and listeners. We won't be here Thursday. Uh, We will be recognizing and mourning the life of Christopher Fletcher. I will be in South Florida back home for it. Uh, We'll see you guys back next week, Monday, more than likely.
1: Maybe do it Wednesday. We never know. We'll see. Maybe do
0: it Wednesday. We might surprise you on your head top. We appreciate you all. If you tapped in on the live, thank you so much. We did have a lot of viewers, not a lot of chatters, but a lot of viewers in there early. So if you tapped in on the live, we appreciate you. You could have been anywhere in the world on this beautiful Monday evening, but you were with us. If you're watching this you know, on the YouTube post or listening to it on all your streaming platforms, thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe, follow each of us. You know, we kind of entertaining on social media, each of us. You know what I'm saying? We all have a little quirks. We'll see you guys Monday, if not this week. Peace.
1: No.